0: Right, well, I've. okay oh, wow. Right, here we go. Okay. Right. I've got a joke. Can we start?
1: Well, are we not going to introduce? In a minute. Well, all right. Let me do, do the intro do, and then right. we'll okay. do the okay. thing. Good, we'll just good, do this good. and then get out of the way. Right. Let's hear it. Right, knock, knock. Who is there? Yoda lady. Yoda lady. Ooh. I love
0: that. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just good. love Yoda that's, lady. That, that's just... <laughs> see, you, you said it in your head, see because you're a thinker, Chris. That's what the do you, challenge.
1: What do you call a hippo
0: with one leg? A a hopple. Right, okay. So, So, right, right, uh, okay. uh, See. So, let's... uh, (laughs) uh, uh, uh. Welcome to the Good Brand Podcast. Good are a brand consultancy based in the UK. And what we do is we get together and uh, we talk about brand and pish like that. Well, yeah. I think that's one way of putting it. Um, yeah. Well, we're trying to make it more valued and understood. So, but but so I'm bringing it down to earth. You know, it's not highfalutin. I'm bringing it down. And listen, it's all change. Well, it's all change. It's all change. Because uh, Julie's still out of the business.
1: Well, Julie is out of the business at the moment because she and her husband have adopted a wee baby girl. Ooh. So um, she is enjoying motherhood, shall we say? Yep. Uh, so we have a guest. And With us today. Today we have Mike Hunter. He is associate creative director in the agency, and I'm delighted because we've now we've for the first time we've got a creative, a real live designer creative on the board. We said it would never board. be done. We said we, we said, said they said, said, they said, it, would they would said happen, it would never happen. But he's here. We want to say hello, Mike? Hello. There we are. There we and lovely, that's lovely all lovely for TV. today. Hey, thanks very much.
0: Join us next week.
1: Right. So. Mike, you wrote this article about brand guidelines. Can you give us the overview? Why did you write it? What, what made you do
2: it? Well, I suppose in my line of work, I see a lot of brand guidelines. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of interface with them pretty much every day.
1: And you create them, right?
2: I do. I have created many brand guidelines in the many years that I've been doing this line of work. Um, well, I suppose it was prompted. I've, I've kind of been meaning to write an article about it for a while and never really found the right lens to frame it through. Mm-hmm. And then we were asked a couple of months ago by one of our clients to read through a set of guidelines that they were working on at the time right. and give them our feedback on how useful we thought they were. <laughs> right. I suppose, and useful. How, yeah, because, well, they're meant to be useful. They yeah. are too. Um, and to offer any thoughts on where we could streamline them or improve them, just kind of give give a bit of feedback on how, as a kind of incumbent agency, you would find that document to work with if you were given it and told Right, need, so that sense to produce of, a
1: piece of design work. So that sense of objectivity you were given led to you kind of making these observations?
2: Yeah, I, I suppose it's kind of, you know, it's come from a place of user testing, I guess, more than anything else. Mm. It's You know, you, you produce a document, you produce a tool, Effectively, and and you want to make sure that it's doing its job properly. Mm. So give it to the people that are going to be using Mm. it, and then ask them where they think you could you could improve it. Yeah.
0: So what normally happens during these podcasts is that Julie and Chris talk about a lot, and I ignore it, or we we bicker a wee bit, and then I kind of come in and go, "Well, I know we I know we talked about this, but I think for framing it in brand guidelines and and assuming that somebody doesn't know what brand brand guidelines are, and you know, which is the kind of You know, a a little bit descriptive. What what is a good set of brand guidelines? What does that look like as a Mm. as a concept? Before we get into the changes that we would want to see, yeah,
1: because Mike, what Mike's article does is basically make a summary of you. make five or six points about the Mm. challenges with them, and then you 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 offer some solutions as well. So we thought we could summarize that. So I think Stuart's key point is. So what are they? Well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah.
0: And, and what 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 should they be doing? And then because that's obviously what sparking off yeah. what, what what they're not doing, and and I think mm-hmm. that
2: we can get into that. Well, I think I mean we've had this conversation, Stuart, many a time on lots of different lines of work that we've done. But I think definitions are important. It, sure you know, up. you kind of yep. all need to be coming from a place of understanding where we know we're all talking the same language before you can kind of evaluate this sort of stuff. And to me. I guess the, the the definition that I would be working to is a set of guidelines are a document or a repository of all the information around a brand's visual identity and how that brand manifests itself in the real world. So that can be how it communicates verbally, things like tone of voice, you know, the approach to headline writing, messaging, etc. It can be the visual articulation. So you know, the simplest. You know, the logo typefaces, your color palette, it's, crucial, stuff it's, you it's a single point of reference that everybody connected to a brand in one way or another can reference and make sure that when they produce communications and design work for that brand, using that brand identity, things are kept consistent.
0: And, and, and as we know, and I've got a slide in my decks, uh, in my decks is that, you know, the, one of the things that makes a strong brand is that consistency and discipline of execution. It's not, you know, it's the, and, and you know, if I'm picking you up right, the, the guideline in theory is what should be keeping everybody consistent and disciplined as yeah. the kind of guideline. So that's there is that's a, the purpose. The, yes.
2: It's It's probably they've evolved over time as designing, as design and Branding has become a more kind of mature medium. Um, but you can go back to, you know, the 50s and 60s and people were producing brand standards manuals for mm. big org- organizations like NASA, or, you know, British Rail. And by and large, the function has remained the same mm. throughout. It, is,
1: is there a difference between them, a, a set of brand guidelines and a design toolkit? Because one of the issues I've got, I suppose, is that one of the things I've thought in the past is that people try and force too much stuff into them. Yes. And should it, and I suppose that raises another question, which you're going to come on to, Mm. like who they're for. But uh, I sometimes think that clients get that mixed up.
2: Yeah. I think, I guess definitions are important. It it comes down to what everybody that's interfacing with that document understands the purpose of the document or the tool to be. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's one of the things that I was trying to get across in the articles. There's not a right way and a wrong way of doing it necessarily. It's not a one size fits all, this is how you go about creating it. There is some standard content yeah. that tends to appear. But yeah, the, my general sense from seeing a lot of guidelines documents and working on a lot of them as well is that they do, they are becoming more overblown and they yeah. are becoming more Too complicated. Full- they're becoming a kind of all things to all men, and it's that misinterpreting of the idea of it being a consistent sort of north star that can steer everything. But they're becoming a a bit of a dumping ground for just everything. Yeah, connected to when the brand. you see
1: what the the corporate powerpoints set out in the in, yeah. in the brand guidelines, you begin to go,
2: hmm, mm. there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. The, the page count, you know, to put it in a very basic terms, I guess, the page count of these documents feels like it is growing exponentially.
1: Yeah. But I suppose every client's different, every job's different, and some of them, th- th- to do with the size of the organisation, Yeah, well, and, and their philosophy around how much control they want to exert.
0: I think, I think that's the thing. It is about control. It is the thing where, on one hand, I can see why they get huge, because suddenly mm-hmm. then you've got more channels. Like, what does on Instagram look like? Financially, yeah. that's, you know, that you would... And, and when you're pushing these, I mean, not relatively new now, but just make sure that's right. Well, we must make sure that, it, it, but actually the guidelines should tell you what goes in Instagram rather than what. There's an uh, argument that, yeah, yeah it, it, rather
2: know. than telling you exactly how you do it, it should outline an approach so that you can, you can, as a teacher man to fish kind yeah. of metaphor. And,
0: and is that the challenge? Because what they're not called is the brand rule book.
2: Well, again, I I had a conversation with my partner about this and she comes from a client services background. She's got a very different outlook on these things where she made the very valid point that from a practicality point of view, it's useful to have everything in one place. Mm -hmm. And I can see the argument Mm -hmm. for that, but the counter to that I would say is that if everything's in one place, then I have to do a lot more searching to find what's relevant to me. And I think that comes back to my understanding of these documents and these tools mm. is that they are a tool for design teams first and foremost. And sure. the information that a, a graphic designer or a product designer might need is probably quite different to what other aspects of a marketing team might
1: be. I, do, I totally agree. They're not for marketing teams in my view. They're not. They're a technical tool. They're However, a technical I a tool for I, designers.
0: And obviously none of our clients. But, I mean, I think I think the challenge sometimes it feels like the finishing line yeah, that actually look look mm-hmm. what you've paid for. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Look, it's like look, six
2: hundred pages. That's yeah. what you've paid for. It's the it's the Bible. Yeah. That, well, and,
1: and that um, brings us to the next point, and one of your point. I mean, you make a lot, and we're jumping around mm-hmm. here and read the article because it's great. But you know, the, I think the next thing is it's so who 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 is it that uses them?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that is one of the fundamental kind of takeaways Questions. from it. I yeah. think is before you ever put pen to paper. Before I mean, this is assuming you were starting with a blank sheet of paper, but. Outlining who this product is for and who this tool is for and who's going to use it, what context are they going to be using it in, what are they using it for, that kind of initial scoping and really kind of interrogating the brief behind creating a set of guidelines is fundamental to making sure that you, yeah. you create them so that they're useful and effective because they're well, supposed one, yeah. to be useful.
1: One of the points you make which I think is the most one of the most insightful is that <laughs> You know, I think sometimes clients believe that once they've created these documents that, hey, presto, you know, all of the sausages that come out of the machine <laughs> are going to be <laughs> even and the same. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, it's a, an odd metaphor, but that's not the case because it depends. There's right? too many what variables. Is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, are, what are some of the...
2: Well, are? I think one of the major variables would be who's using them. So you create, right. let's just assume that you get over the finishing line of creating a, a set of brand guidelines and they may be 10 pages, they may be 100. Mm-hmm. You then give them to designers and design teams and say, right, take that and use that to steer your design work on other briefs. And those yeah. briefs are very, very varied and the, the types of people interfacing with them, not all designers are created equal, yeah. unfortunately. So the
1: way they interpret them... Mm-hmm. is down to ability and, and capability.
2: And I'd say content as well, because the way that the content's written in the guidelines can affect how they're interpreted. Because you can be very definite with your guidance and it's, it's less guidance and more standards that must be adhered to. Mm-hmm. Or you can give people guidance and inform an approach and you'll get two very different results from that. Yeah. So I think I used a bit of a clumsy metaphor in the article about I could give you know, a a hammer and some nails to 10 different craftspeople and somebody might be able to make me a really nice piece of furniture or a rocking (laughs) horse and it would be beautiful and I'd put it in my living room and somebody, you know, if you gave it to me, I'd struggle to fix a door hinge. As
1: would Stuart, because it's not got a plug on it. Correct. But yeah, I think think it's a good good metaphor that it's only as good as the the person. Yeah, it's a tool.
2: I think that's a... A useful way of thinking of them is less so, less a piece of... I think that the difficulty is when you're creating them and when you're involved in the creation of guidelines, they are the work. They are the deliverable. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah. once they're delivered, they they just facilitate more delivery of work. When they're in
1: the wild. So how do you cross the bridge around in-house design teams? Because I know that you're doing that quite a lot, interfacing with people that are in-house versus other out- third-party agencies because mm-hmm. what are the issues there what 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 are you seeing
2: um i don't i don't know the issues is necessarily the best way from it, because that makes it sound overly negative and i think in-house design teams get a bad press if mm-hmm. i'm honest i think say more i think in-house design is an incredibly challenging place to be working because you don't to use a Stuart phrase you don't have the rarefied air that we have in agency land oh of, it's so it, rarefied so rarefied uh, it's yeah and and mm-hmm. my understanding is that that environment is not rarefied. I thought it is high pressure, high yeah. turnover, under a lot of constraints, and usually, from what I see, quite it can be quite under resourced as well. Um, I think you get so around
1: you because I remember one once you, you you one of the clients came and sat with you for two or three days, mm. yeah, and were, then, were then that, that was invested. years ago. It was ago. good. It was um, good. It was a good and I remember him
2: saying at the time, mm. "This is all." This is all great. I'm so jealous that you work in this kind of environment where everybody takes this kind of seriously. Seriously, yeah, yeah. In in when I go back to my mm. workplace, I'm I'm just the guy that does, does the, the brochures. Or yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, in an ideal world, as a tool, your guidelines would be supporting those teams so that they. Feel confident to do yeah to do their job to a higher standard, and and, and, and,
1: and you're right. We've got a role to play there too, and yeah. and, and that's as you say in understanding the scope and what what they're for. What about uh, without sounding like it's 1996? What about or 2006? What about the digital side of it? Who says what? Well,
0: i mean i think i think because this ties into a question i was going to ask i think the challenge is one of the challenges i think about guidelines is looking at it as a deliverable Mm -hmm. which suggests it has an end yeah you know and actually Mm. the the problem is when we do a a new brand in theory you would never ever launch the brand if you were going to do guidelines first there's a bit of there's a bit of kind of stress testing and putting mm-hmm. out, and you can and and adapting it and moving it rather than going. But again, I think sometimes that feels like the end of the project. Well,
2: in, interestingly, we as a design team at Good have tried to adapt our approach to that over the years. Yeah. To, to, oh, I know. Rather yeah. than where once upon a time you would probably try and deliver a complete set of guidelines and that's it done. I think we've learned that now we kind of, in an ideal world, you know job and budget and client allowing we would we, we phase it yeah so if it's part of a broader kind of brand refresh or you know developing a new brand identity you you would do a phase one kind of outlining key principles key content but with a with a mind to come back to that mm-hmm. six months nine months down the line once you've had a, an opportunity to start putting that brand and brand identity under stress mm. in the real world because until you do that, you don't start to mm. notice some of the, the where a brand childish, identity yeah. kind of struggles. And then you can address that, and then you can and, uh, add further uh, guys, And and
0: also just work them in, in his design teams, because suddenly you go, you know what? you know, And, and like this, you know, the road baby with intentions. This great thing here just doesn't work there. Mm-hmm. Because you know, because we've got to do that. That that requires half an hour, I and mean, really we've got to turn it around in 15 minutes. And I think
2: you have to be it's very, very cognizant of not preaching and telling people, this is how you do it. The purity of design. Yeah, the real dogmatic, this is how we are, we are the agency designer and we will tell you how this works, I think is an absolute recipe for disaster. Yes, the
1: tyranny of brand guidelines.
2: So, So, you know, again, understanding your audience and having conversations with them, you know, trying when you can to build a relationship with your client's internal design team and say, right, okay, where are your pain points how can we solve mm-hmm. that? How you know? You How, adapt the work that you do based as on that?
1: The, as the resident strategist, do you I do you believe these things should have all the brand building blocks, values, mission, vision, all that? Yeah, because
0: yeah, yeah, because yes, because yes, it's I the it. start of the story. It right? is the start of the story, and we in theory. I mean, you know, while while nobody wants to sit through one of my four hour presentation sessions about the brand. I mean, even though they're legendary, <laughs> they, they are, I mean, I, I th- they're always waiting for the design bit. And I get that because that's the bit that's tangible. Show me the pictures. Show, show the pictures and, it's there and I get that. But the challenge is, especially with the way we work, is that the strategy is, def- is, is setting the, is setting the road for the, for the design. Yeah. And so if you don't have that at the beginning, it, it, it loses like, context. Yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and, and it shows how, in some ways by not putting that in it, it almost makes the design seem a little bit more superficial because yeah. it just came out of nowhere. It gives know. it the
1: framework, so Mike, yeah. when you're when you when you're then building those bits, you can refer back to that source yeah. stuff, the source and I element, think, I think elements, if yeah.
2: you're including that type of content, it is important that it doesn't feel like it's just Slap dumped, dumped yeah. in there. It's yeah, like, it should about. be given the proper context, yeah, yeah. and you do sometimes need to edit some of that content down so that it's relevant for your audience but you only know if it's relevant if you talk to your audience and see and see what they need
1: okay right i'm just conscious of time what let's talk about some of the Mm. solutions then let's talk about how you you avoid some of these pitfalls what what are your what are your kind of key um point takeaways takeaways or or things watch outs for 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 when you're doing in the process of doing this stuff
2: i think probably the biggest one that I was aware of it before I wrote the article. And then as I started writing it, it kind of crystallized it in my head is how much the success of these documents and these tools lies in planning before you put pen to paper. And that, do, you, do
1: you mean that you think that too many of these things are brought it brought in or briefed without much thought i think it's like do a brand guidelines yeah
2: i think it's very easy and yeah it's not a criticism necessarily i I think it's very easy to say to identify a need for brand guidelines okay well let's brief somebody let's go very broadly yeah if you miss the state and if you do that and just dive into right okay page one the brand and you just start going through the motions and you kind of do that one size fits all approach that's where I think they start to create some of the the issues that I outlined at the start. I, th- I think interrogating mm-hmm. the needs of your document, who's it for, what do you want it to do, things like, you know, I speak about flexibility versus rigidity, how there's consistent and then there's dogmatic. And, what,
1: and you're what, dogmatic. I'm very dogmatic. <laughs> 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 no, but it's a good point. It is a good point. You know,
2: I think i somewhere buried in, the the article there's the point that do you want your guidelines to inspire high-level creatives to produce high-level creative work that requires a level of trust with the people that you're working with and you would give them guidance but expect them to probably bend the rules in places because that's generally where that high-level creative thinking flourishes versus sometimes there's a very real need for i need to make sure that everybody that's creating emails and social So and this, is, this relates back to,
1: yeah, the client's point about if they're looking to create consistency in market mm. and region and it's they've got no real control down the line about the quality of agency or craves that we're mm-hmm. working with, it, could, it probably needs to be a bit tighter. Yeah, right? the, yeah. The, the,
2: there is a level of kind yeah. of dogmatism that you need to have, but that's, Not like that,
1: like this. Yeah, yeah. and that's
2: yeah. very different to if, if we're going to be giving these to a select number of sure. very trusted agencies that we know are just going to get the basics yeah. fundamentally because they are great designers again not all designers are created equal yeah. the levels of education vary the tools that people are using that all varies and if okay. you understand all that and outline the objectives for the document up front then you have a better chance yeah. of being able to identify whether or not you it's successful. so it
1: seems like what you're saying is that the the thought and the scoping exercise beforehand
0: is of vital importance. It, it's the it's the same kind of thing. It's saying, you know, what well, we want a strategy. It's the same, you yeah, know. Yeah. You know, are we want there a is. website? You kind of go, well, let, well, whoa, whoa, whoa okay, whoa. Tiger. Let's have a little chat. What do you, you know, what do you say, want to do? What yeah, is what's the point? Like? Yeah, it's all that kind of stuff, and you know, understanding. And I think sometimes brand guidelines, because again, it's the deliverable of the project. Sometimes, rather than the yeah. beginning, sometimes it's actually the beginning of the next phase. Yeah. It just becomes one of these things that people just. You know, I want my six hundred pages.
2: And I think it, I, I, can't put too much emphasis on how easy it is to not scope these things properly. You, you're talking everything from who's using it, what's the purpose of it, what's the page count, down to things like the format. You asked earlier about well, let's digital. Talk, yeah,
1: what is the format?
2: Well, what are the issues? What, what do you need? You know, it, the traditionally, well, let's go back a wee bit. It used to be that you got a printed manual. Yep. Those were the good old days. Mm.
1: Yeah, I remember them. Keith used to have them with a ring
2: binder. Designers loved, oh, them. loved them. them. Oh, they loved them. and ring binders stand beautifully. Them. Oh, <laughs> the
1: pages and the smelling of the paper and the touching of the paper and the...
2: All the good stuff. Oh, Until, God.
1: Thank God for the internet.
2: Well, it's got its own challenges. Right. Um, but then that... T- I mean, bearing in mind, when I... Sort of graduated and started working on these type of documents. It was, we were already probably moving into the land of the the, the yeah. land of the PDF. Yeah, oh, oh the, the PDFs yes. and and quite purgatory. often it's
1: the purgatory. The,
2: and for a while there was a bit of a kind of they were toolkits. We didn't call them guidelines. Oh, it's so a toolkit, and, to and people to still do that sometimes. But it's again, it's definitions. Um, there are pros to that, you know. I think. Within the article, I'd kind of said, is it a one and done document? If you're yeah. confident that yeah. you're creating this and things aren't going to change, you know, this is an established brand identity, we don't see this changing for a long time, then sure, do something like that. But the pitfalls of that are they're not massively flexible, especially if it's printed, you know, and, and when you have a, a PDF document or something. It's very easy. That kind of goes out into the world, mm. and then you have no control over who's sharing it and version who has control. Which version control is massive because if because things do go out of date, they just do. If you update it, yeah. how do you know? You know, you say refer to the brand guidelines. What? Well, which version of the brand guidelines?
1: And that's where we went. Then went to online, right?
2: Yeah. Well, that's what you know. Digital content. That's one of the the main strengths of it. Is it's one central point that everybody refers to but it's very easy to update ad hoc
0: all the shareability for PDF
2: with mm-hmm. all the control yeah. in theory and then added benefits now you get into a point where you're seeing platforms and things that are building in kind of asset management template formatting all it these gets sort quite, of
1: things it crosses over into quite a big sort of IT thing doesn't it
2: I think
0: also part of the challenge with it is that is that digital is kind of just it, it. it's all now with the big platforms you're now starting to get into a little bit more restrictive of what it is because you're working to their pro, their mm-hmm. their format you know mm-hmm. like this is how this looks because it's cheaper and it's you know and it'll do so it's an interesting thing with that what you're talking about with uh, keith you know yeah. back in the day i just i think gutenberg did his first yeah, i think i think gutenberg did his first uh-huh. anyway yeah. so no no, uh,
1: no was it not was it papyrus uh, papyrus no, yeah i, I think yeah. i
0: hear me but but you kind of got the touchy feel and it became a part of the challenge i think when i see some of these old ones it became works of art in and of themselves
2: yeah. and, I, and i think there's a there's a interesting argument to there being a relevance to that because the Permit me to get a bit art schooly for a minute, but the nature Correct. of the object itself reflects the brand. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the you, medium
1: is the message.
2: Well, do you want to reflect your brand in, you know, 20 pages that you printed off on your desktop printer, or are you going to invest in your brand identity? But that's yeah. a different
0: conversation. And, and, and then you're getting it now to the other thing where it's now basically a functional tool that you can buy for, you know, yeah. it's the number and, and and you will plug in the. the and what I do the things like about there, that also. is
2: what you lose in that. I think designers as a species, are naturally a little suspicious of that because, well, that's not my design. I didn't do the layout of it. The components have been decided before I come to it, which is a fair point. But the counter would be you're spending your time and your energy on the content and the actual information, and that's what you're supposed to be designing, not a beautiful document.
1: And do you think, is that what AI is going to do in this space? What, what 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 is it going to do? It, can you it, can you see a world for? i tell you what. I'll tell you what. No, I don't know. To...
0: <laughs> I think I think I think the interesting thing that's going to be is tone of voice guidelines within yeah. a brand guideline because I I am, I am pretty close to thinking that what you can do is you can train an AI to. Manage tone of voice on yeah. on maybe not that first level page maybe not the, the you know i'm thinking a yeah. website that top page but the consistent thing on second third and lower, lower pages that kind of get missed mm. is could all just be put into an ai and tweak to be totally. within a tone of voice and that could sit within your brand guidelines go totally. right, put this copy in here and yeah. get it out. i
2: think one potential use because i'm uh, i am largely skeptical of the as you should be at this point but i wonder if there's a use for it rather than seeing it as a way to create content is actually a way to enforce your guidelines well that's exactly where it's go. and
0: that's what i mean that's but it's not creating the content there what you're doing is like uh, so what i'll do is i'd say to chris right that this is going to be written in a good tone of voice you give me your article and, and the, will the ai will will take out all I the could foresee a, a visual
2: application of that as well where you could have incumbent agencies or third parties creating communications for your brand so an instagram post or a brochure you run Mm -hmm. the artwork through some sort of ai tool and it Checks your culture, human your life. Well, it. I, I, no, we'll, we'll check, we'll check it. your color values, all the boring stuff yeah. that you yeah. pretend yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't care Yeah,
0: think and, and, I, and I think it's kind of, and it might be a bit boring, it might, but I don't think what what it won't do is you're not going to launch a massive campaign and you're not going to do an AI campaign. No. There is going to be, but I think if it's going to take away some of the heavy lifting on yeah, the low level stuff, yeah. why not? That's what why it's not? going to be.
1: And we it's, we need to, to embrace that. To
0: Mike's point about those, you know, what what it goes back to Mike's point about what's the, if you're trying to set standards rigorously for agency Z down there, mm-hmm. they've then got even less excuse to go. Oh, I didn't, you know, I can. also oh, I didn't see that in the guidelines. Mm-hmm. You then go, well, upload this, and, and, and we'll get something. Don't worry, we've
2: got a tool for that. 20,
0: yeah, twenty four hours, twenty four hours mm-hmm. a day, seven days a week. It's going to say, uh, go back and do this, this, and this. Now, I don't think that's quite with us yet, but you know, certainly, I think tone of voice on low level stuff. I think could be straight because we had a client who was real because Darren did some really nice tone of voice with the client, and what he was worried about is going well. I can see this in the home page. I can see this in the about us page. My concern is we're three hundred pages deep, and every page matters to him. That we're going to lose that tone of voice, mm. and I want to make sure it's, it's some things that someone is looking after Very good.
1: Good. I think. I, I, yeah. I, that's, are, are we? Uh, are we I think,
0: I think this might even need a part two, because I think it's an interesting thing to kind of get into in the end. I, I, th-
1: I think it's been really interesting to start talking about other brand elements, particularly from a creative or a design point of view. I think it's quite
0: interesting. Well, we you know maybe. what? If you do like this, please like and subscribe. And if it's useful, please share with a friend. And, and listen, see in the iTunes store, I think it's called that by the Apple Podcast. You can is that an AI wee, thing? No, no, it's a real thing. And what you've got to do is, you get as a human, you because at the moment we're about three stars. That's not good for this quality no, of content. We you know? And my, I can't ask my mum again. You <laughs> don't I mean? see that. <laughs> so, so just you know, a wee comment, a wee thing would be uh, hugely valuable. Hugely, know, valuable. and especially because it's a bit different, and that shows that you like <laughs> the content.
1: Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks for being here, and hopefully, we can see you again. Yeah, the okay, watch the roads. Cheers. All the best. Bye. Cheers.